0: This is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. Doug, you're here with me. I have to ask you, should I have started this episode by going, Slashers Podcast? Da, na, 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 na. Uh, sorry, that was Baby Come Back by Player, which I have found out this week because I've always known that song, but Player is the last name of a band I'd expect for a man groveling for a woman to come back. Do you agree?
1: I do agree. At first, when you said that, I thought it was going to be like, Slashers Podcast, how may I direct the call to? Day. <laughs> slash podcast office. Ooh,
0: I actually really like the idea of like putting on a headset with sassy acrylic nails and being. like,
1: mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, sorry, Dr. Derek, I gotta put you on
0: sound. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so how the hell are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, just uh, living day by day. My work is a little bit slower now. There's a lot of craze going on with that. We're thinking of closing down again because of uh, Gavin Newsom's new order put out there. But for better or for worse, I don't know. You guys would judge of that. As long as I'm getting some sort of unemployment or furlough, I'll, I'm as happy that can't be home as long as you want
0: seriously that's what I think the thing people don't realize I saw a report if 95% of people wore a mask this shit could be over within you know this calendar year I was like good fucking luck trying to get us proud Americans tethered under a mask you commies Right.
1: Oh yeah. Well the, well, honestly people, the entitlement is real. You wouldn't believe the amount of people I've seen. Uh, some some lady I I dealt with ago, she pissed on the floor because she didn't want to wear a mask. Oh my god. So, <laughs> that's just the kind of Yeah, exactly. That's just the kind of uh stuff you see out there. And uh what kind of person do you think it was? It was a middle aged Karen. That's who it was. Not a kid, a middle aged Karen.
0: Dude, you gotta love it. It's just a fascinating like I think we've even talked about it on the show. Like just being kind. Like me wearing a mask is a gesture. Hey, you matter enough, even if it's a fucking farce, right. I don't want you to die. And when you don't wear a mask, you're saying you want me to die, which we could argue is an initial aggressor. So I'm going to start just carrying my machete around. And in self-defense, I'm going to start whacking fools in the face when they don't wear a mask. Fair, right?
1: It is. I mean, just uh, go to hoodsite.com and look up all the machetes in the face. <laughs> no, they, they won't want to. They'll, they'll, they'll wear their mask. So, yeah, oh, man. wait, is that inciting violence? No, I don't want to get kicked off.
0: Oh, not on this show. We could say all we goddamn want. Our five listeners are right or die, aren't they?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a few of your DMs as well. Too. So all you uh, you know, rabbit goons out there, I appreciate it. So DM me more. I need more entertainment.
0: Yeah, honestly, we have such great fan interaction. So to everybody, thank you. We've had some great messages. I had a great message about our episode on yokai from last year. So that was a very, I was like, whoa, okay. I'm pretty sure she just wanted to steal my citation so that she'd use it in a school report, but
1: still happy to provide a
0: response via email at spot at
1: gmail.com. Oh, hey, good shout. See, now you're being used for, uh, for uh, literature references. That's great.
0: Seriously. Citation, slash-a, comma Jake.
1: <laughs> so, uh,
0: so, have you watched anything fun just fucking around lately?
1: I have, yeah. In fact, I've watched a, a few things here. Well, one of them I'm going to talk about today, but uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. I don't know when this episode will air, but if it's before Thanksgiving, one a few shout-outs I like to make. Blood Rage, you know, yeah. it's, it's on Amazon Prime. I believe it's on Shudder, too, because Joe Bob showed it last year. Is it a on gray, Tubi right now, gray, too? It, it should be on Tubi as well. Tubi has a bunch of Arrow uh, stuff on there right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. If you want, the, like, the perfect, like, Thanksgiving slasher that doesn't advertise itself as Thanksgiving, you know, you're in for a treat because the, the music's great in there. The gore is really high up. Yeah, it's got some great uh, kills with an electrical outlet in the head. So I'll, I'll leave that uh, to you to watch, but I'm sure those who've seen it uh, know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, absolutely. The movie rips, and, you know, like you said, Joe Bob had done it on Shudder, and it, it, whether you need him as an excuse or not, like, it's definitely worth watching.
1: Yeah, it has the greatest cinematic scene in history, a uh, depressed mom with a smoker's voice. Is sitting down at like two a.m. in the morning after Thanksgiving. Uh, she's in like her puffy little nightgown, and she's sitting down crying and uh, eating mashed potatoes on the floor. So I think it's the greatest thing ever.
0: Yeah, you gotta love also the catatonic brother situation. I, that's one of my favorite parts of that movie because like we're so desensitized. Like I was thinking, is could I be subjected to anything gruesome and gory enough to where I would just stand there? Nah,
1: nah, nah. Let's see. I mean, that yeah, the the whole uh, twin brother thing. That's that's a great aspect too. The guy who played. The actor on that, you uh, did a good job playing the two characters, even though it's the same person.
0: Yeah, who look exactly alike too. It's one thing when you play like two brothers and kind of you know dissociate one another, but they're like being literally meant to a be twins, but then b look exactly the same, so that it's believable when people are like,
1: oh, okay, yeah, sure, it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's a good that's a good one I've seen here. And then another one that I watched uh, recently, it was on Troma Now, but I did watch Killer Condom, and oh, that's a great too. Yeah. yeah, the only movie about a killer condom and an army of killer condoms. <laughs> it's a killer film, my friend. There's some good choices. So what about you, Jake? You seen any off, like uh, one-off movie?
0: So I, I did uh, a lot of Tremors films. I'm going to be working on a uh, collaboration with our friend Corey from the Spooky Dudes podcast. And then I just, I keep, as I'm editing, as I'm doing other stuff, I'm just riding the wave of Tubi, man. Like, it blows my mind some of the stuff that's on there. Uh, again, shameless free plug for them. But their horror sections is always fucking delightful where I'm like, oh, either I, I haven't seen this or I haven't seen it in so long it's like new to me again but highly recommend they're just silliness edge of the axe watch that i rewatched black death with sean bean which is not great but i like that it exists i also recently rewatched. i don't know if you've ever seen solomon kane that wasn't on tubi but it, i highly recommend that movie it's not necessarily good but i just love that character so th- those are my three nothing that's gonna you know blow your mind but just solid fun choices especially if you're doing something
1: yeah yeah definitely well yeah here's the great thing with tubi too um I- uh, for those of you like the horror collectors that used to do what I do with you know back before you know swimming was really a thing you used to get like these obscure movies uh either on VHS or you buy them bootleg yep. and then you make copies of them you, like you go to conventions and buy the DVDRs of rare movies and stuff I remember like Stalker, Frankie Pals Black Devil Doll from Hell all these ones were extremely hard to find you can only really find them bootleg DVDRs. well guess what Tubi has a majority like 90% of the stuff I used to you know pay good money to track down yep. for and there it is on Tubi so yeah Moonstalker is another one that's that's a Really hard to find shot on video film, and well, there you go. It's on Tubi. That's that's amazing. Yeah,
0: I've actually talked to quite a few people who either used to work for Tubi, who are currently in negotiations with Tubi, who have actually has their products on Tubi. They're like they're legitimately amazing to work with. They give great licensing fees. I mean, they they pay people very well. And of course, I just had to correct myself. I did watch Solomon Kane on Tubi, and it was just delightful as when I saw it back in two thousand nine. I have to say, it's based on a Robert E Howard property. So if you're wondering how. I got there. Well, the guy who did Conan the Fucking Barbarian, which is probably top three favorite films of all time for me, this is adjacent. So uh, that's why I've seen movies like Call the Conqueror with Kevin Sorbo. It's not good, but I've seen it and it's part of my brain now.
1: See, there you go. We all got our little.
0: Uh, <laughs> Do you like any Sword and Sorcery movies, Doug?
1: I, I never got crazy with Sword and Sorcery. I, I I don't know if it's really pushing it, but one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid, I know it's not a kid's movie at all, uh, but was Heavy Metal. Is yes! That, kind of sword sorcery? that absolutely
0: yeah. fucking counts as Sword and Sorcery. I have that movie on VHS, on original DVD, on Blu ray. God damn. When are we doing an episode on it?
1: oh well soon hey well shit I, I, well I know we're doing audio right now but uh, I was selling a bunch of my laser discs here I was going through everything because we're reorganizing the place and I yeah. came across I forgot I had heavy metal on lasers which was like a uh, it was. it's beautiful it's like two discs and it's a huge fold out case and it has the lock nar and then the pyramids uh, from yeah. like the, the second uh, segment and I'm just like man this is a beautiful uh, laser disc I never paid it much attention but uh, but no, well, the thing is with heavy metal I saw it on VHS as kid and everyone went, went crazy for it because the interesting thing about that is that it re- it came out in 19, like early nineteen eighty, and there was a huge issue with the with the music, and so it really didn't get a VHS home release until yeah. the ninety. So you know that's, that, and I, I loved it. I watched it over and over again, and I, you know, everyone's like, "There's nudity, sex in that cartoon." And I'm like, yeah. "Why the fuck do you think I rent
0: it, bitch?" Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an old show called Kid Video, which you're just never gonna see again because it w- it heavily featured licensed music, and all the licenses are gone. So they just you're just not gonna find unless uh, obviously it's pirated. And kind of the same thing, like you were saying, heavy metal was the way that licensing worked, there is so much good music in that film. The fact that it exists at all, I mean, you're talking Grand Funk Railroad, Black Sabbath, Multiple Devo Song, Cheap Trick, Sammy Hagar, that movie, mwah, C'est Magnifique. And, like you said, Cartoon Titties, John Candy, who could ask for anything?
1: Yeah, Naked John Candy, I remember that it was the first time I'm like, yeah, the Cartoon Dick! Yeah, so.
0: Den's Thick Old Beast, and Harold Ramis, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, I actually got to introduce my daughter to that, so that's another big thing I've been watching a lot of ah. real Ghostbusters.
1: Hey, well, what a way to int- the, uh, did they watch the Ghostbusters the original movie? I don't
0: know not yet I've it's hard I'm not really worried about like the gruesome elements of it because it's not that bad uh, especially compared to stuff that you could even see on like right like there's a Starburst commercial with a zombie that's way worse than what is in Ghostbusters it's just long and if you're not appreciating like something happening I, I worry that it'll just bore her you know granted she's two so she could be bored it's okay but uh, yeah doing the short episodic 22 minutes is ah the dream
1: uh, well hey if they, you ever get the chance to uh, there's a Beetlejuice cartoon too That uh, I, I liked a lot so. Hell yeah,
0: that show rips The art design is yeah. delightful And like the way that he's kind of like Stockier and fatter And Lydia is like Everything is so extreme And it's funny because In the movie everything's extreme All the proportions are exaggerated every All the colors are so saturated And then you watch the cartoon and it takes it even further I love it
1: Oh yeah, and it's the only cartoon I know where it's like a. a I think she's supposed to be Like a young girl And she's hanging out with You know, this middle-aged uh, You know, fat ghost And <laughs> I thought it was hilarious
0: What a weird contrast junction. And this is something that I think a lot of people don't realize. If you play the Beetlejuice Nintendo game, there are multiple boxes, like the Game Boy box and everything, were the cartoon show, but then the game itself had the Michael Keaton version. there are like re-releases. There's a lot of like convoluted stuff when it came to the video game. But man, I think you even talked about that video game. It is rough.
1: Oh yeah, well I I had the NES one and that was rough because, yeah, uh, yeah, I've had that since I was a kid and I never knew what to do in it. And then later on when I watched Angry Video Game Nerd, that's how you play. You have to buy certain masks and stuff to get through the level. That was a hard game. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, hey, that that could be a, yeah a whole other topic for another time. I could talk. I could go on for a while about that.
0: Hell yeah, we could. But instead, let's go off on the topic that you actually have for this week. What movie are we talking about?
1: All right. Well, since it's uh, near Thanksgiving, I wanted to give for what family we'd hang out with a fun movie about family, about a father and son. Now, before I tell you the title here, you know I do a little bit of low budget filmmaking on the side too. And a year before this film came out, a 2015, film I directed with my buddy Alex Powers we did a movie called gross house
0: yeah buddy i have volume one and two
1: yeah which is on, available to watch uh gro- both gross house one and two are available on uh, uh b movie tv to watch and on Troman now i believe one, one of them right there <laughs> well either, either one but uh, they're on tv on demand so what happened was uh when we made the film and finally got released on d came out in 2010 we shot the film around 2013 so it basically has the exact same story that the greasy strangler has except the roles are reversed it's a, it's a dad and a son uh, whereas in gross house it's it's a it's a man dressed as a woman, yeah, and a very sick and deranged son, and they both live in a very nasty house, do nasty things together, and eat nasty food. And I saw the trailer for the Greasy Strangler that came out in 2016, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is gross house, just with mo- just with a budget, yeah, <laughs> you know. And um, so so it, this, I was living in Ohio at the time, and I went to this small little theater that was playing it when it came out, only one theater within 250 miles. Wow. And uh, so the film tonight is Greasy Strangler. So if you guys haven't seen it, it's a wonderful. Uh, it's a, it's an American film but the director is British and uh, so he tr- it, 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 it's it's the weirdest thing if you like the Monty Python style like the gruesome humor and from like the meaning of life when they're cutting the one guy open for organs like scenes like that if you find that funny and like that's your type of humor then you'll love this also if you like Ren and Stimpy yeah. um, like the type of like overly absurd animation basically it, that's what this film is it, it's it's a live action version of Ren and Stimpy um, mixed with like John Waters and, and, and Gross House was a little bit like a John Waters it was purposely made to trash uh, but we had no budget literally like i think the whole film cost around three hundred dollars to make Pretty whereas easy. greasy strangler yeah it was i think it was like it's it's got to be at least like a million dollars but uh the director jim hosk what he did before the greasy strangler was it um was a short film that was in the abc of death
0: yeah g is for yeah. granddad is that what i'm saying
1: yeah yeah and if you watch g is for granddad it's only like maybe a minute or two it, it's almost like a early trailer for the greasy strangler because it's another thing with an old man and a and his uh you know not so bright in the head sun and uh they do gross things together. So in this movie, The Greasy Strangler, it's played by Michael St. Michaels. If you don't know who Michael St. Michaels is, Michael St. Michaels appeared in The Video Dead. He was in the very beginning of The Video Dead. Um, he's the guy that, he was that writer that uh, has that dead fish in a bowl next to him, and he gets killed off by the zombies, and I think that's really his only claim to fame, really. There's not much in there besides The Video Dead.
0: Yeah, there's, according to his IMDb, Freshwater, where he played Bob, and that's about the only thing I've ever even heard of on this list from this one. He was number one in Ninja Academy in 1989. So big things from this guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the great thing about Michael St. Michael is that uh, this kind of like, like, just had like these small roles in some of these other movies. Yeah. But once he got into Strangler, I've noticed that he's gotten a lot more acting gigs, like in low budget movies, stuff like that. And he was on this uh, show that Jim Hosking did after um, Greasy Strangler uh, on Adult Swim. It was tr- called Tropical Cocktails. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you like that absurd, it's, it's, it's such bizarre humor. If you like Tim and Eric, and if you like Stimpy, that's really what the humor is a mix of there. Because there's scenes that just kind of like drag on where um th- they'll be repeating themselves over and over again. A big catchphrase in this is bullshit artist. There we go. So, um yeah, Michael St. Michael plays Big Ronnie. And uh basically Big Ronnie and Brayden, they're this father and son that don't get along and live together in this nasty decrepit house in L.A. And they do a, a walking disco tour. And they get all these all, all these, this really funk cast characters. Like I said, there's no, no real way to explain it besides, if you know like the extras from uh, the Tim and Eric show yeah. where it's like older people are just like people that look very off but you know they don't they, they might not even have a line of dialogue but just their appearance is a whole character in itself and that's what this movie has in there and there's even throwbacks to like Stooge as well too which I'm a Stooge fan. Yeah? Yeah there's th- I think there were the three tourists and uh, they get killed off early in the movie because uh, they there's no free drinks on the walking disco tour like for example Big Ronnie will be walking down in his pink sweater with his son and they'll be walking down like the, the slums of LA and they'll be saying like oh this is yeah uh, from uh, the earth the wind and the fire this is where they celebrated uh, the drummer's birthday and it's like and it's like an old factory near uh, if you're familiar with LA majority of this filmed in Southgate California so if you know like the factory area Southgate you know what I'm talking about the there trash all over the floor and uh, stuff like that it's hilarious and this is just up my alley and here's the thing when I was watching so every single scene in the movie is just one horrible bad taste joke after the other like there's scenes where they'll sit there and then eat the grease and uh, it, there's uh, he's, he's like oh well uh, Big round he's like, oh, well, you know, this, this coffee is extra greasy. Why can't we put more green coffee? Can't we make that a norm to make our greasy coffee? So it, there's just a lot of that. And then perfectly over-the-top acting, there's a scene with this older guy. And I believe the, the actor died after the movie came out. But uh, he plays the hot dog vendor. And Big Ronnie goes out. And, and the way it kind of turns into slashery is um, you already know who the killer is in the beginning. It's Big Ronnie. There we go. Because he, he tells Big Braden, he's like, he's like you want to know a secret? I am the grease strangler. And then the son just looks at him and says, well, I call bullshit on that. And he's like, you're right. I'm not the grease strangler. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and the, the way he's the grease strangler is uh, just think of this like se- 70 plus year old uh, geriatric guy who gets naked and he has a dick about the size of my arm. Yeah. Um, yeah Which like a unfortunately
0: <laughs> I'm reading is a prosthetic. That's bullshit.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I call horse shit on that bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah, no, he has a huge long and then uh, his son, Big Braden, has a micro penis. Oh um, yeah, so it's it's funny, but yeah, there's a lot of that. So if you don't like dick jokes and stuff like that, you probably won't like movie or if you don't like movies like Pink Flamingos or uh, Desperate Living, you really won't you really won't enjoy the amount of nudity in this film. And it's not attractivity. It's it's well, I guess I guess it depends on what you're into. If you're into naked guy nude naked woman nudity, then I guess I guess that's what you're into. Can I tell you like my <laughs>
0: but, favorite part of the righteous gemstones is seeing so much dick. I think it's so funny and it's an underutilized trope. We we see tits in every movie, and we as men are variety. Gracious for it, and as a straight man, I can tell you, few things are funnier than a well-timed penis in a movie.
1: Yeah, well, see, here's the thing, too. I, I can vouch for that, too. But when I watched this, I went with my girlfriend too, and the thing is, we're we're, we're you know, we have like we have like the Pornhub channel on, on our Roku, so you know, we're used to all that stuff. But then we watched the Greasy Strangler with like a huge crowd of people. It was almost sitting like like how Pee Wee Herman was sitting in that that theater wax carrot. Well, I like yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a little weird. I feel like we're watching like a pornographic movie in theater here. But it was it was the greatest like experience ever cuz um the people behind us were high the other people were doing drinking in the back and uh there was a legit reviewer from the uh from the sun news sun news is like kind of a big thing in cleveland yeah. ohio and uh he was one of the movie reviewers and uh <laughs> so we were sitting like a few rows behind him and he just i don't know what he was expecting um he's one of those guys that uh, his reviews are like oh the tree of life is one of the greatest masters
0: you mean that and- is that the movie about the cum tree is that what I'm
1: I, I think it was the country, yeah, true yep. life It had uh, it had some big actors in there
0: Bitching soundtrack, but terrible movie
1: Well, I mean, I guess it, it, I don't know, I thought it was going to be more like a David Lynch film But yeah. uh, but I, I don't know, I think Audie Is the one that, like, fans of that movie Were the ones that kind of killed it, because they're the bourgeois Like, oh, I enjoy my- own so Yeah, looking
0: <laughs> down their nose at others
1: Yeah, and uh, lo-, lo and behold He's in this theater, I think the movie started At like 11 at night, and uh, he's writing a review For the Grease Strangler for his paper And his comments were hilarious I wish I could have my video camera and record it but literally he was sitting there talking to the thing like oh my god that's fucking disgusting just kill your dad already oh my god don't go in the house what the fuck just kill him already so you know he's shouting for the son to kill the dad like halfway through it and uh, it was the funniest thing because everyone in the theater is in on the joke this is supposed to be like an absurdist Ren and Steppy Tim and Eric style movie Yeah. and he had this reviewer that's that's right now reviewing the Sun News about the paper uh, for the film Uh, he's there like he has his hands on his head like this put his hands over his mouth no. And he was doing a lot of this, where he's grabbing, pinching his, uh, between his nose and his eyes. Yeah. So I'm like, man, this is not the movie for him, but this is the greatest, like, it's the greatest party we ever, you know, once COVID rises. If you have a party, throw on Strangler on in the background. People will literally stop what they're doing. The music can be blasted. You can have Nicki Minaj blasted to, you know, 200 up. And uh, Gracie Strangler and Beck will stop everyone in their tracks, and they'll just watch, like, what the fuck am I watching?
0: You love it, though, because, you know, it sounds like the audience in on the joke, and he's the guy who's the butt of the joke. Like, the people who don't get it are hats, hats, half the fun of some of the absurd shit that I've watched in my life is watching it with the person who's the exact wrong audience. So that's awesome.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. See, that's how I uh back when I was in uh high school and stuff, I used to watch that with my uh my my uh my mom. She was like she's one of these people that like, "Oh yeah, this I only like wholesome, you know, type movies and stuff. I'm not into." And then we're watching things like uh what I a few, I think last year, uh last Thanksgiving in fact, um when my family was over, they they were all like, "Oh yeah, let's watch something." I decided to throw on um that uh Casper, I think I said it right. Gasper Noi film, uh the one they put LSD in the punch and no one knows and they all go crazy. Nice uh, climax. It was climax. That's what it was. So it, it's just like you want to watch those movies. People that you know are going to be shocked or just like, oh my, you know, just like not expect anything like that. Oh yeah. Um, and then another thing too with the strength. I have the album uh, on rec on vinyl. I have the soundtrack on there, and I became friends on Instagram with the guy that does the music. And it's just if it, it's like the Chipmunks from Hell. The, it sounds like <laughs> it literally that the soundtrack of the movie sounds like bowling alley or skating rink music with with the chipmunks in the background and it's it's the weirdest thing and i'm like i'm like man this is uh this is funky like it, it's 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 funky i remember watching it with my sister we watched this film on christmas too so when we watched the theaters i bought the blu-ray and uh, now it's become a staple my girlfriend's sister came back from uh, where, where she, she was she was in europe she came back for christmas and the whole family was over and i threw on greasy strangler and they were they're like what? can we turn this off please this is really gross right before we eat <laughs> uh, and then here's the thing too it, the film's not overtly gory what it is it's it's like cartoon violence. If you like Toxic Avenger Part 2 yes. uh, style violence or Ren and Snippy where like someone's getting strangled and their eyeballs like pop out in a cartoon way, you, you'll like this movie too. A guy's face gets, gets punched in.
0: I'm a, a big fan of caving in faces. I think it's always one of my favorite effects like when people get sucked hollow or like in uh, one of the ones that always stuck with me, Pan's Labyrinth. When the dude gets bashed in the face with the wine bottle and his face sinks into itself, that's a great effect. Terrifying.
1: Oh, it is. Yeah. And that's another movie that needs some um, more talking about too. People don't realize pan's labyrinth is like a horror movie yeah dude
0: a movie rips i always loved you know one of my favorite movies of all time probably my second favorite movie is labyrinth and i love how many people are like oh you like the one with the guy with the eyeballs in his hands I'm like no with david bowie's dick fuck off
1: oh yeah david bowie's package i remember that should have got like uh, top billing
0: <laughs> hell yeah I, I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere buried deep in the credits there's like an assistant to David Bowie's bulge
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know how much toilet paper he stuffed on there but yeah well you want to speaking of I know it's a little off topic but speaking of labyrinth uh, there's a YouTube video that just posted I believe a few weeks ago and it, it just it was just trending for some reason and it popped up in my feed I forget his name who was the the, the dwarf uh hoggle? with the hat hoggle yes yeah. so uh people were going through old cases that yeah. were lost and then the hoggle puppet was in there it's like decayed it's it's the creepiest thing ever I, I saw the picture i'm like god damn like i if, if i was a, an airplane a, an airport worker and i unzipped that luggage and i just saw that I, i'd literally go like what the like i'd probably jump it's crazy you know I mean? like yeah that thing looked fucking scary just sitting in that luggage
0: and imagine being the guy who loses a hoggle puppet like obviously it was done after filming and everything and that's fine but just like how bizarre to lose it like it's ex- that awkward phone call with your boss like hey you know that animatronic puppet that was really expensive that midget lady where um i just i lost it i don't to wear it like and then for like 20 years later come back amazing
1: oh yeah but i mean that was the stuff of nightmares that's uh you know that's five nights at Freddy's type
0: stuff have you seen how the ninja turtles have decayed
1: i have that's scary as shit too i know people would want to have that displayed in their room but you know i wake up i see that thing staring at me i'm you know startled as shit probably shit my pants
0: yeah i was really disappointed the banana splits movie the new horror one didn't go in that kind of direction you know like the idea of like these things have been in disrepair and you see like how terrifying the armature stuff underneath it is but whatever it's yeah
1: well see the thing is I that movie just came out of left field like I no one was expecting that at all yeah I enjoyed yeah. it for what it was but I felt like uh, they tried to make them like animatronics but they move too much like people it's like it's like obvious there's a person yeah so it, it really
0: did like it kind of takes you out of it the way I viewed it I enjoyed it but I viewed it like oh this is the pilot of a TV show that'll never happen like it was no question that was not gonna be the quality of like um, actual so but yeah I do recommend it but not greatly
1: but yeah so if you guys are able to definitely check out The Great Strangler. Um, Jim Hosking also, I guess after that movie, he got a little bit popular and now, he, now he, I don't know what he's doing right now, but um, he made another film called An Evening with Beverly Loughlin.
0: Which has a fucking crazy cast, dude.
1: Yeah, it's like all these top comedians, Aubrey Plaza in there. Jemaine Clement,
0: um, Craig Robertson, Matt Berry. Matt Berry is amazing. So you have, you know, with Jermaine, you have a guy from What We Do in the Shadows, the movie. With Matt Berry, you have What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show, which I on record will say is as good, if not better, than the movie it's based And Matt Berry is 60% of the reason why.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, and, and the thing is, those type of actors thing, like, you know, there's there's different kinds of act you can get, but I feel like Jim Hassen kind of set, Aubrey Plaza, like, play the weird, you know, yeah. dark humor, weird uh, say, same thing with Jermaine Clement uh, and all the all people in the film, like they just they they understand it and i feel like this is the like greasy strangler and uh beverly lufflin if you're not in on this type of tim and eric type humor um then i don't think you're gonna like any of his stuff or even this film uh some of you listen probably said i like oh i watch greasy strangler that's not horror. i don't know why they're talking about it on slashers but seriously if you like like just imagine if john waters made a horror. Movie. i think that's the best explanation
0: <laughs> and honestly i i would be remiss if people thought we were just pigeonholed into just like prototypical horror because we've talked about this dude like honestly. there's no reason why legitimately if we stop and just think about it there's no reason why i couldn't take a single episode of super sentai or power rangers and say that's horrifying you're because let's think about it what's actually happening is a giant monster that can fucking kill you is crashing through a building that you would assume is occupied by living human people. So think of the death and the scale and the gravity. Obviously it's presented in a silly way and everybody goes home happy, you know, Ultraman turns back into a person in 60 seconds and we move on. But that's just as scary but for some reason we're like, "Oh, but that that's not really scary." Bullshit, of course it's scary.
1: Yeah, I see it. Uh, scary is subjective. Anyone yeah. could find things scary there. So, so yeah, that that's that's uh, that's my thing on there. I guess I- Talk a little bit about Grease Strangler. Like I said, the reason they call it the Greasy Strangler the uh, the Dad Big Ronnie, he goes out uh, every night. He gets naked. He dunks, He has a big thing of oil in his uh, bedroom closet,
0: which is apparently made out of tapioca, which is pretty cool.
1: Which actually looks pretty good. They eat tapioca off the floor to make it seem like grease. Oh. And uh, the whole, like the whole, like the, the acting, and everything is so deadpan, which I love. And the things, like I said, scenes repeat themselves. And if you have ADHD or if you tend to like do things where you kind of like repeat yourself, and you'll kind of know where I'm coming from with this here, where it's like lines will be repeated. Uh, and you can even quote the movie too. So if, like like I mentioned with Microwave Massacre, you can watch it over and over again and just quote it. You get some group of friends together, watch it. You know, years later, you might have not watched it for 15 plus years. And if you're still friends with that person, you can probably quote the movie and they'll quote something similar back. So it's one of those cult-like movies where it's like this, you watch it with a group of friends, one time even, they'll remember it for years and years to come because it's such an experience to watch. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. In terms of like something that's similar to it, like looking at the presentation, it kind of looks like Slums of Beverly hills or something is there anything like in the horror arena if you could compare it to one
1: movie what would you say what would i compare it to yeah Honestly, like I'd either compare it to like, like I said, Pink. Fl- it's hard to say. Like, if Pink Flamingos was a horror movie, I guess that's what it would be compared to. Another thing I'd probably compare it to is, if slightly, but if you like Trash Humpers, that was a Harmony Korine film. If you've ever seen Trash Humpers, it's pretty much like that, where it's it's scaling on horror, but it's so absurd that it's just like, what the fuck am I watching? So yeah, Trash Humpers was with a bunch of uh, young people and old people masks that go around fucking garbage. Yeah,
0: a two thousand nine film, which has a whopping five point one on IMDb. 59% on Rotten Tomatoes and 0. 0.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd.
1: Yeah, see, that's another one, too. I watched that, uh, you know, with my brother and then one of his friends and they watched it one time. This was years ago and we still quote to stay. We'll see someone go, get it, get it, get it, get it, get, it. get that trash, pussy. Wow. So, yeah, like, and then I, there's a scene in there, too, where someone's, like, giving a blowjob to a to a tree branch and uh, one of the old Dendrophilia, people... Dendrophilia, baby. Yeah, and uh, so now, you know, if if we're out and about, if there's a tree branch, uh, my brother will go in and start, like, acting like you're blowing the tree. Yes, dude. <laughs> so yeah, a very twisted family we are, right? <laughs> I love it.
0: Be weird. You only get to live one And like that's one of the things that's so hard. Like you and I have talked about this too. Like, there's so much media, and so much of it can be so contrived and tiresome or whatever. And you could you could take anything gone windy and like, uh, whatever. Like, you could always tear things down. But like, why not accept things as they are and just have fun? Like, just you're never gonna get the time back, right? So if you hate a movie, you're never you could petition the goddamn governor, he's not giving you that hour and a half of your life back. So let's be happy let's move forward and making the best out of a bad movie like laughing at movies is awesome there are ter- tons of terrible movies that I've seen with stupid friends and we'll, like you said either quote it or we remember that experience We're like hey you remember that time I said the guy you know all over the place so I'm right there with you
1: yeah and so like I said when I watched the at the theaters like literally I, I just sat there after the film and I'm like this movie is fucking amazing like I'm like I was mad at first and I'm like this is like what happened gross this is just gross house with a bigger budget well you know and I, I feel kind of like like so you know when someone like takes someone's like yeah we got the glory but after that like i think later that year alex powers came down because he lived in tennessee so he came back up to ohio and then we wrote gross house Two, and then we filmed it um a few months later and uh we basically tried to top everything from the first one and top what was in strangler so we added a lot more um basically everyone in the cast is naked so you got that (laughs) uh a lot more shitting and head of fish eating people shit taking showers in their own shit to kind of (laughs) compete with greasy strangler granted greasy strangler doesn't get too crazy with like shit and stuff but uh it, there, there's just uh, the most bizarre sex you'd ever see and I, I think with that uh, definitely I think Joe Bob should definitely put this on a show too to give it some more ratings so here's the thing after I saw this movie and uh, the people that were in the audience that enjoyed it like it was a pretty rowdy crowd uh, I loved it I thought, I'm like this is the greatest slice bread like literally I, after, after it was announced um, I, just, I went back to the theater and watched it again because it was a very limited release yeah. and I thought this was going to take off like it's going to be like the new cult film uh, you know they'll have like Rocky Horror show type uh, screenings with people people in costume and stuff and sadly in america it, it never took off at all in fact there's no legit blu-ray or dd release of the greasy strangler it's either streaming or it's on a, a, a burn on demand and Uh-oh. i got all excited yeah and i got all excited when it was supposed to come out on blu-ray because i pre-ordered it. i'm like oh, this is a burn on demand one but it got a legit release in australia and in the uk and uh when i messaged uh the, i was supposed to meet sky Elabar at uh monster palooza a few years back you know because I, I added him as a friend on instagram and said hey you know i'm Big fan of uh, Strangler, and I see do a bunch of low budget stuff there. So if I'm ever doing something, I'd love to have you on my film. And uh, so we just started talking, and uh, yeah, the movie never in America. The movie never took off, probably because of you know the over absurd nudity and uh, just just nasty material there. Right. I, I don't think American audiences got it. it. It's more European, like uh, UK and Australia. It's, it's got a big cult following there. Yeah, I mean here. you
0: watch Old Monty Python. There's tits stuff all over the place, but here we have this awkward like prudishness where it's like, oh well, you can use the tits to. sell burgers, you can't use tits for punchlines. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it's very weird, and the thing is, um, so uh, honestly, like, if you have a region-free Blu-ray player or 4K player or something, try to get that Australian release, because it's got, it's packed with a bunch of special features. Here in America, we only get a shoddy burn-on-demand disc, and it, it's it's really, uh, it's really sad that, you know, you can't experience full art, uh, to its potential, because it's considered, you know, prude, or like, oh, the audiences wouldn't get it, you know, well, let's just yeah. make Fast and Furious 30, so.
0: Seriously. Well, and also, nobody needs to see this at a theater Right. They're like, oh, there's no special effects. There's no, I don't need Dolby surround for this, for this old man strangling people in slime. But I mean, that's part of the fun, knowing that your dollars is supporting the theater and knowing that it's supporting the film and just the act of solidarity of like, we are all going to go and commit to putting our phones in our pocket and watching. You know, I one time was caught at the new Bev with my phone out because my brother was in the, the lo- lobby and the amount of shame I still carry with me 10 years later for that one incident, even though I've been there like a thousand times since and never had that happen. Like that's what I mean. Like that dedication to the idea of like this is my life for the next ninety minutes. It's so unique that it's a shame that movies like this kind of have fallen to the wayside and just like oh well, if it's not on Netflix, I'm not gonna watch it. Like I don't know very many people who actively seek out video on demand movies unless there's a very unique circumstance, you know?
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, and this film is um, it's it's available for free on Filmrise and on Amazon Prime as well. But like I said, the other cool thing too is if if you're from uh, you know, if any of you listeners are out from LA, Michael St. Michael's kind. Like a Bigfoot, I hear he walks around the areas of Venice uh, in his uh, well, you know, before COVID in his speedos. So, you know, if you want to see uh, Big Ronnie Grease Strangler get up, uh, you know, maybe you might catch him on Venice. You never know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually saw a picture of him just now with a pink beanie that had grease on it, like the musical, and putting it together with this movie makes it ten times funnier. I love it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And here's another thing too: like this movie, there's so much you can do with it. I feel like you could make a musical out of this. The thing is, there's not much cast at all. It's it's Big Ronnie, Big Braden. It's it's the girlfriend they lost over, which that's a whole other thing in itself, which is hilarious that You got the Taurus and then uh, his his friend uh, Oinker. And here's okay. here's another fucking thing. I know this is off topic, but um, before we made Gross House, um, I made a film in college called Don't Touch That Dial. And that was put out by Troma recently this year. And uh, we had a character in there. In fact, my brother played him. His name was Higasso. (laughs) And he he didn't have a nose in the movie. So he puts this rubber pig nose over his over his uh, nose to kind of cover it up. And all he does is pig noises like. And Like uh,
0: Slaughterhouse, like we cover, yeah. Like
1: Slaughterhouse, yeah. So see, and, and he had this rubber pig nose. And all of a sudden, when Greasy Strangler comes out, there's a character called Oinker, who he wears, like, high heels, long pants, uh, a sweater, and he has a pig nose on I'm like, what? what the fuck is, like, Like, did Jim Hosking, like, see something I posted on Instagram, like, years before? Like, what yeah. the fuck? This is two things I've done. Like, so I was a little, I, I loved it, but I was mad. I'm like, what happened? Like, my stuff barely gets a release, if yeah. anything. And, and then here is Greasy Strangler, who's got a character with a pig nose, Making pig noises uh, and uh, you know, and a very disgust, obese son in, in a house with uh, you know, an abused parent, and they and they gross things together, and uh, it's it, it's absurd to it's it's best. Like I said, if you like Tim and Eric style humor, you'll like this movie a lot. So definitely give it a chance because it's on Prime, and uh, I won't even quote most of it there because I want you guys to experience it for yourself. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's like an of example things.
0: of convergent evolution, right? Well, I mean, at least that's what we hope. We hope it's not plagiarism or uh, un. What, what did I call it the other day? Uncredited homage. We'll hope it's not that. So it's so so cool for me to be able to see you go like, yeah, this is really similar, but then not to just blaspheme, like discard it and say, oh, this is trash or it's contrived or it's stolen. That's one of the things I love so much about you and your eagerness about film is you could still appreciate it even with the kind of muckiness around it.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it was just kind of thrown off because I was so shy. I'm like, we, I did that before in another movie that we did. But here's the thing like, I, I, w- when I seen like some of Jim Hoskins' interviews, you know, he's a Monty Python guy. And, you know, I think he's almost the same age as us. And so obviously you have to grow up with things like Brendan Stimpy. And if you're a span fan, everything just kind of commingles. Like, if you're a fan growing up watching stuff like that and, you know, you just want to be as assertive as possible, obviously you're going to draw ideas from shows like Brendan Stimpy or, yeah. you know, like your childhood stuff. So it, it, it's a weird thing where it's like people that like that stuff kind of tend towards that. That humor another thing too the the i don't know if anyone here has watched mr pickles on adult swim but a lot of that like gross out gory and just like really offensive jokes that's the same type of stuff like i said i watched it i'm like man this is like the same ideas i had too but uh but no if if you're if you grew up in that type of very cool things and it's all just kind of commingled like some for some reason a lot of 90s kids have obsession with fish heads i've noticed yeah
0: i've (laughs) noticed it too i've noticed quite a few little tattoos with skull and uh, like the slinky rib cage and everything
1: for sure yeah so everything uh you know a lot of artists tend to um, you know, just inspiration from from things growing up, and you know this is no exception. This is definitely Monty Python, John Waters, Ren and Stimpy all mixed into one. And and I could appreciate that because not a lot of filmmakers do that. They're not you know you don't have producers gambling with money saying like oh you know do be as bizarro as you want to and make it as weird as you want, and we'll 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 cut you the check. You know a lot of places don't do that now. They we want yeah. you to make you know uh, it part three or Fast and Furious part ten or whatever. Yeah, they um, want
0: stuff with proven metadata that's easy to take over. Yeah, I totally get
1: exactly. That. So yeah. So I say like definitely if you have, if you want to watch something this Thanksgiving week or, you know, going to the Christmas, watch the Greasy Strangler. Like it's it's just a breath of fresh air of people that like cinema um, that go for all that. You know, if, if you like cinematic like camera lenses and just slow type of dolly shots where it takes inspiration from just a bunch of things, um, but a- ends up turning out to be its own thing in itself, definitely give Greasy Strangler a watch there and try to watch it with people that, uh, you know, are quote unquote movie virgins. There so you go. You want to shock people as much as you can. I know with COVID now, you can't really have as much people over. Because the uh, well, it, uh, I thought it was funny. That I saw a meme earlier. It was like the Gestapo coming in. It's like I saw you guys buy a twelve-person turkey. <laughs> Where are you hiding? It? <laughs> so yeah, if you get more people, definitely throw it on in the background. It, it I, I guarantee you, we can put twenty dollars down on a bet. I guarantee, you put it on the background. People are gonna stop eating, looking, like, what the fuck do you have on tea? Or uh, there's gonna be like your aunt or something, going like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, that's what they'll say. What the hell is that?
0: Can I tell you an embarrassing twelve-person turkey story? Yeah, go ahead. So I go to Trader Joe's. Because I'm a swanky vegan butthole. And they have this policy, you can't bring your own bags, right? And so I go in and I see this plastic bag like on our rack. And there's a bunch of plastic bags, with these handles, and then I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like they, they're providing bags for my shopping experience because they don't have the hand carts, or whatever. So I put all my shit in it and I get up to the front. And the lady's like, you can't have that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Just you can't bag all of your stuff in here. I'm like, oh, but this is your bag. Like I got it from you. And she goes, I don't know where that bag's been. I'm like, literally, it's been in here this whole time I got it on a rack in the back and she had to explain to my ignorant vegan ass that that is a turkey bag meant for taking the frozen turkey into that bag to then purchase I thought that it were shopping everything so I am still <laughs> embarrassed by that
1: well I mean to, to be honest I, I wouldn't have, I would have known the difference either it's like those things you go to like Stater Brothers for where you put the potatoes in those little bags yeah exactly I don't know I would have used that myself too that's a free bag I'm not going to spend 10 cents there
0: we go <laughs> then she gave me free paper bags to make up for my hum- Humiliation. So I was like, ah, I'll count this as a win.
1: <laughs> uh, well, there you go. At least you weren't uh, chased out there so by the other the other gang of uh, angry. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Losing my V card. A different <laughs> kind of V card, not the fun one, but uh <laughs> I'm gonna railroad us onto my topic for this week. I had a chance to sit down with Rhode Island's best video game music band, Lame Genie, which I found these guys because they had done an entire cover album of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It is so Good, and then all of October, I was listening to their Jason from the Friday the Thirteenth NES game. You know they've also done a bunch of other horror music, Silent Two, Super Ghouls, Ghosts, Super Castlevania, all sorts of stuff. They're not just a horror group, but they're like really fun, cool guys who are nerdy like us. And I just I appreciate so much the effort that they're putting out. So I really enjoyed my chance to sit down and talk with them. So here's my spitty bit boo interview with Lame Genie. I am recording. It's okay. It says that it's recording, so we're gonna just. I'm gonna trust this fucking thing. This is Slashers, and I'm interviewing Lame Genie, which is the most clever goddamn name I've ever heard for a band, especially one who does video game music. How the hell did this happen? And, oh, and also, who are you? Sorry.
2: Thank you. Uh, I'm Jeff, guitar player, Mike, bassist, video editor, and nice. uh, yeah, we. We started this band back in 2013. I've always been a, a fan of bands like the Mini Bosses who do rock video game covers. And after a while, I realized all I really listen to is video game covers, so why not just start this thing? Yep. And I started doing a bunch on SoundCloud. I saw them, and I was like, hey, can you do this for me? Would you? And they did it in like two days, and I was like, oh, you want to try to do this live? I got it, guys. There so, we go. And that's, that's where Kyle came into play. He couldn't be here at Taco Bell today though.
0: <laughs> it's a shame. Damn Kyle leaving us all Twitter pated and waiting. Now, oh. when it comes to doing this band, um, one of my favorite shirts I've ever seen a celebrity wear is Kenny Omega has a shirt uh, that says "Video Game Music is Music." Do you ever feel that you have to like justify to people like it's not just a fucking sh- like this isn't a Rush cover band asshole? This is this is substantive music. Like, have you heard the arpeggiated notes of goodness in Castlevania?
2: Yes, uh, to answer that, yes, we do have family in pairs. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, I think. One of the biggest shows, or if not the biggest show we ever played was, oh, I don't know if you've heard of them, but we opened up for Max Sabbath. Who yeah, a dude. Sabbath cover band with a theme of McDonald's. And all I can think of is telling my mom, like, hey, I made it. <laughs> the show ever played is opening for the mcdonald's themed black Sabbath cover band.
0: i love it as a guy who comes from the hardcore scene like it was really trendy a few years ago to do like gay themed hardcore band covers so it was like gay rillet biscuits and stuff and uh, youth up and to I gay oh my god i love limpress so much i love hardcore boys i love boys hardcore is one of my favorite things to play when i see ultra conservative people glaring oh uh, yeah yeah love and yeah What's really exciting is when my daughter hears that and then she wants to repeat that, that's gonna be super awkward. (laughs) I've already had the awkward interaction of explaining to people how her favorite oingo boingo song is Violent Love.
2: Did you see that um, that cover recently of Oingo Boingo with by uh,
0: two minutes to late night? I love two minutes to late night. I don't know if you can tell, but I have the exact same face as Jordan because it's always what? moving at like crazy expressions. So yeah, and I'm a big fan of all their podcasts and balling out super free plug for those butt fuckers.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, Yeah, that their new cover of um, Oingo Boingo, I forget which song it is, but it has Rhodey Walker from Protest to Hero, and it is just insane. So the,
0: the fact that they have done so many of these that are of such high quality blows my mind and also humbles me, and I feel like kind of terrible about myself.
2: Oh, yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, sorry, I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, and it is Dead Man's Party in the style of Iron Maiden, which uh, if you want to know what an orgasm sounds like in the the Jake's from Slashers Podcast household, listen to that, squirt, squirt. (laughs) So what are some of your favorite video games? And I guess selfishly, because I'm a horror goon, what are some of your favorite horror video games? Uh,
2: Personally, uh, my favorite video game of all time is probably... The standard Chrono Trigger, or ah, it is up there too. I love it. I just love those soundtracks so much,
0: and I love um, the fact that in Chrono Trigger you can fucking dance. That's awesome.
2: I know, I know. As far as horror goes, I mean, it's right up my alley for me. I fucking love the Zombie Day, my neighbors became oh, it's my so good. way long ago. Contra all the Mario games, all the Zelda's—you
0: know, <laughs> name it, I love it. Yeah, I have actually have a Contra tattoo, uh, and oh. I have to ask you—I'm con- contractually obligated from the powers that be—are you a fan of Ghoul Patrol?
2: Uh, I actually never played it. It's <laughs> the
0: sequel to Zombies at My Neighbors that is not as good.
2: Really, that's why yeah. I'm Oh, um, speaking of sequels, this might be a point of contention for you, but I happen to love Evil Dead
0: 2. God damn it. You (laughs) and everybody else.
2: I was listening to your podcast on that the other day. I was just like, those bastards just skipping right over it.
0: Well, actually, for October, the Patreon bonus episode was Evil Dead 2. So I'll send you a free copy of that uh, as I'll a thank you. I
2: to Patreon. I listen to you guys all the time now. Yeah.
0: I appreciate it very much. I listen to you constantly, as my wife can attest. She gets uh, she called it that goddamn Jason song when I put on your uh, Friday Thirteenth cover for the thousandth time in October.
2: So, so let me ask you this: What's your wife's favorite lane Park song?
0: Uh, well, she is a huge Kirby fan. Kirby Pinball was like a really formative thing. So, I oh, pinball games. I love it. d all of the above when it comes to Kirby content. So,
2: I'm a fan of the stop yeah.
0: There we go now when it comes to your video packages and stuff I'm I'm glad to have you on because like what kind of work goes into doing this for your audience
2: um a lot that that would be mostly Kyle's field but also Mike's field because he does a lot of the filming I just play guitar and do MIDI and stuff there Uh, we go it's been really good because for a while every other week we were trying out new things that were messing up old things and then
0: we kind of fell into a nice little pocket in the middle of August. So, you have like a uh, an engine in the background. I couldn't hear you at all.
2: Oh, yeah, that was yeah. a um, that was a man with a small penis driving. Uh, that out. Gotcha. <laughs> so, Kyle,
0: on. do you mind leaning a little closer to the mic? Oh
2: yeah, sure. Come on. <laughs> <Mike>. <laughs> no Sorry. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, we uh, we basically. We were trying out new things every single week when it came to video. So every time we would try out something new, it would mess up something else. And we didn't fully, we didn't really fully refine anything until I'd want to say like the middle of August. So it still is. I mean, we got to record the songs. We do it separately. So it saves a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. I was got to mix and master them. I have no idea how he keeps up with it. He found that we, uh, we shoot it. We usually try to do about four songs in uh, a day's session, which takes about six hours.
0: Holy shit. Sorry. That's an incredible amount of output.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, He doesn't have to learn it. Kyle learns it that day. I have to practice for about six hours the day beforehand. Nice. (laughs) And uh, besides that, then we figured out really quick ways to kind of edit everything together change it, drop some overlays, transitions mm-hmm. on it, and then to you guys. I also forgot that we had to program lights. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle knows how to program lights. Yeah, I always forget <laughs> about that part. But it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a full-time job, really, that pays, in the end, like a quarter an hour. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but isn't it why. so much more satisfying? Like, I make a pittance with this show but it's also like kind of nice for my soul where i'm like hey this is something i enjoy doing not something i feel like i'm literally siphoning off part of the essence of my being for
2: oh hell yeah i just yeah, like yeah. to bring that up as a funny tidbit.
0: <laughs> so one of my favorite things that you've created is the uh, lame genie plan for success how did that come about where is it because it's been a couple of weeks since i saw one Oh, the plan for success? I think it's the... I I wanted to steal that idea so bad.
2: (laughs) I forgot about that. It was just... I forget why I even started writing those. I would just like write paragraphs and be like, Kyle, just draw some stick figures that go along to this little synopsis. And it's just basically all self-referential stuff. Like pretty much just getting in front of criticism and just kind of like basking in it. Yeah being like yeah we use backing tracks because it's no no no, we say we don't use backing tracks we actually hire like 20 people and it costs us a thousand dollars per person per show we're the brokest (laughs) band on earth and blah 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 love it it's all for you It just yeah we were thinking about i meant to finish it and that was going to be at our shows we would just print them out as just little booklets and just give them to
0: people. That's a great idea. So many people are content creators. It's one of the things that's so frustrating where it's like, hey, you should listen to my podcast. And that person comes to me like, hey, you should listen to my podcast. But especially like people like I love watching your journey. Like I did an interview with Calabrese recently. I love watching how they're doing their stuff because I feel like we could learn and game respects game, but it's not like that inherent competition. So I think people would fucking eat that stuff up because it's inspiring to like go home from listening to you in your concert and be like, well, you know what today's the day i start my manicurist career
2: <laughs> i think i think it kind of was it might have been born out of sarcasm in a way with us because it was like a lot of people were like actually asking us about this stuff but they didn't really have like weren't really adverse and digital so it's kind of like you have you have to like understand that stuff in order to move forward with it and then we just do what we always do. We turned to do a big fucking joke. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, that was the genesis of it. People kept asking about our lights. And I was just like let's just give a bullshit answer. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah we we tell everyone everything anyway so we might as well just write this stupid thing
0: yeah. <laughs> well it's super endearing to kind of get behind the process too and, and get to see more character you know, that's one of the things that's it's so lost in a lot of modern music and you know this might be a digital to analog kind of idea but like I don't know fucking shit all about the bands that Spotify tells me to listen to but I can tell you what pants David Lee Roth was wearing in huh. the night 19- 1887 this that and the other Uh, and you know it just gets so tedious nowadays where people don't get to express themselves like is that important to you to make sure that your audience knows that you're like a human being
2: oh yeah a hundred percent and it's stuff like that is it's it's hard with like you know the modern algorithms and stuff that push you out no matter like what you do whereas like say in the 80s and 90s if you had a favorite band you just kept getting updates on that thing. Yep. Where if you have one now, you follow them on something, but it's like, oh, whoops, I clicked on two things regarding pro wrestling. Now yep. my whole feed is going to be pro wrestling and not the band.
0: Yep. You I know? made that mistake. I recently found myself watching Toy Galaxy, not because of the Toy Talk, but because I love their histories on you know cartoons and shit. And then now everything is like, watch me unbox my Minions figures. Blee yeah yeah
2: God. seriously it, it's really funny sometimes when it happens that like specific <laughs> ads that get pushed to <laughs> you like uh, I was trying to think of one recently that I got that was just utterly pathetic. I yeah. feel <laughs> like is this me uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking about like on Instagram when I try to go to the explore thing and it's just uncontrollably large asses. Yes. yeah I, I don't even I don't even know why it doesn't make sense
0: well and you gotta love things like instagram now where they're like hey do you want to reach your own followers how about you send me some money i'm like what the fuck
2: Uh, yeah dude people uh i've had a few people give a shit before because from like our facebook post where it says sponsored post i'm like dude you don't understand like this still gets to like the people who follow us and a lot of people just they don't understand like the whole idea of the algorithm and oh yeah Oh, don't use the word the three times in the post. And don't do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, basically, it all just comes down to David Lee Roth's uh, <laughs> pants. Truly. A,
0: a simpler bygone era, right?
2: Yeah. Seriously. Like, I, I've thought of that recently too. Like, I can't name members of a modern band island, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, singers. It's not like, I'm not thinking like, oh, like, oh, Dimebag Daryl.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it stopped for me pretty early in the 2000s. Like, you know, I, I, I'll never forget honking Dallas Green's boob outside of Chain Reaction. Um, <laughs> and then from there on, it feels like everything was just like, oh, it's it's that band I like. Or I found bands that had broken up 20 years ago. And I'm like, well, fucking thank you for not reconciling your differences. <laughs> 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 Do you have any favorite bands that don't exist anymore? I'd love to hear about it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yo, Mantara's Party Grin. Man. That's their whole world. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, mentioning Dimebag Daryl, I've been on a little <laughs> Pantera kick lately, <laughs> which is a band that cannot read, right? <laughs> But
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Without a Ouija board, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need a Necromancer. <laughs> Seven Angels, Seven Blades pretty fun. Like the uh, early metalcore thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, the early metalcore things were really, really good that. Yeah, Metalcore was so unfairly maligned. As a guy who grew up in hardcore and listened to metal, it was like this beautiful blend of both where I could have my Iron Maiden-style lead guitar, but I could have my, you know, rapid drums. Are there any other types of music that you like that may have not been trendy anymore?
2: Um. That's definitely, like, I, I think metalcore didn't get a fair shake. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Because, like, um, like, my wife listens to a lot of metal. And she's like, well, what would you consider metalcore? And I, like, named it call again. She's like, oh, wait, metalcore is awesome. Yeah. So I, I, heard right. that
0: <laughs> I remember going and seeing As Lay Dying get booed off of a stage because it wasn't metal. And I was like, okay, well, this dude tried to kill his fucking wife. So who's metal now?
2: Yeah, metal is tough. Boy, boy, boy. You know, it's like there's mayhem, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to kill your wife. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Demu Borgir has gotten malaligned as, like, poser metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you
0: mean? Or the people who actually listen to Ghost after seeing all of the logos are like, this isn't really metal. I'm like, whoever fucking said it was... Dude, here's the thing. I love goats. Yeah.
2: I remember the first time I listened to them. I was thinking, like, the fuck, <laughs> right. like, this is black metal. But now I just love that band. Yeah, yeah.
0: that was <laughs> me with Mast Intruder. Have you ever heard that band?
2: I've heard of that band.
0: So, so they have a gimmick where each one of them wears a different colored balaclava and they're all like goons of some sort trying to like commit crimes. And so you see them and they have tattoos and stuff. You're like, oh, fuck yeah, it's going to be gnar as hell. It's it's themed with violence and, and breaking the law. And then you hear it and it's the sweetest pop punk you've ever heard. And I never liked pop punk. I don't have a sentimental bone in my body for pop punk, but I fucking love Mast Intruder. Really? Yeah.
2: That—that's yeah. funny because, like, I always just imagine they're just like a grimy hardcore band. Exactly. Like, because it makes me think of um, oh, what was that band called? It was uh, the singer said that like Courtney Love paid him to kill Kurt Cobain when it wasn't true. But
0: smashing pumpkins? Not
2: smashing pumpkins.
0: Okay, because uh-huh. Billy Corbin said a lot of things about Courtney Love.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. It's a band with the, yeah, the singer of the math. Yeah. Uh, was it El Duce? El Duce? Yeah, it was El Duce. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it the. Cut this part. We're not good at talking about stuff. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> I'll be able to find it. I know they have a, a really good song called Golden Showers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I imagine Matt Centurion would like. Songs <laughs> Golden Showers and like... <laughs> fucking debauchery and shit
0: that's awesome (laughs) i bet they kind of at least in some part of the cockles of their heart they wish they sounded like golden showers too
2: um i don't want to mention this in a message but did you guys ever do maybe it's a patreon episode did you guys ever do halloween five
0: no, but that's actually... I ranted about it on the Halloween 3 episode, and I think I've ranted on it like two other episodes because people ask me what my favorite Halloween is. And like, honestly, truly, I'm not even being silly. Halloween 4 is in like my top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people are like, oh, you know, that's so stupid. His mask looks so terrible and everything, but I love that ending. And so 5, butt fucks that ending raw dog. And so I just, oh. But, awesome. <laughs> I fear that if I actually did it? I would just be like using the C word every other word to describe that movie. Uh, what do you like about it?
2: That it's horrible. <laughs> I like that he drives a car. I like that he's in jail with a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm oh, sorry, what? He's in jail with a mask on. The, um, yeah. One thing though, I do agree uh, with you on the mask thing. I think the smooth one is creepier. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he takes good care of that murder and mask.
0: <laughs> yeah. Lots of a
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm also the guy who likes Roy Burns uh, Jason Voorhees though, too. So i might not be the best guy to ask about masks and stuff. What? what, what number? I need a number that's from five that's before Jason lives where he gets brought back to life. And so oh. the whole thing, uh, spoiler alert for a movie that's 30 years old, but, uh, it's, you know, it's Tommy Jarvis has gone kind of crazy and he's in like this, like kids home for kids with issues. And he keeps seeing the ghost of Jason Voorhees. Well, some guys kid gets murdered. And so he's like, Oh yeah, you guys want to see fucking murder. I'm going to fucking murder fools. So he, Pretends to be Jason Voorhees, and then it's never Jason, and people like hate it for that, just like they hate Halloween 3. I'm like, this movie is good. Those damn enchiladas, which is said by a character named Spider, who almost shits his pants because of enchiladas.
2: (laughs) This is why your podcast is awesome. I
0: don't to do shit like that. <laughs> you have to. I mean honestly, like people get so pretentious and I'm like, look, all I care about, I'm not gonna watch The Irishman for three hours. If you can show me a guy almost shit his pants and then get murdered, I will watch that movie a hundred times.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, the um yeah, that Friday the thirteenth gets treated kinda like the principal and the popper from on the Simpsons. You know? They're just like, well, what the fuck? Like, we put all this stake into this character
0: and it wasn't even him. Right. So, Mike, do you have any horror movies that you're a fan of?
2: Uh, Not really. Honestly, it's funny for being the, one of the, like the main video guys in the group. I don't really watch too many movies. I know that's a horrible answer, but I was mostly, like, I was always big on, like, sketch comedy. There you go. Like, I was always big into comedy, I guess. That's good. Well, Halloween 5 is kind of a sketch comedy. Yeah, Yeah. right. They have the prison sketch, the card sketch, (laughs) (laughs) the the million fake-outs.
0: Sketches. <laughs> well, that's one of the things. Comedy and horror overlap in so many ways because it's all set up in punchline, right? And that's one of the things that makes it so fun. Like, I have some of like the sweetest, nicest friends I've ever had. Have been the most like bloody gore hounds you've ever found because they just—it's that same mechanism. Um, and so, what are some of the sketch comedy groups that you like? Uh,
2: well, I guess we can go with our Cannibal the musical with uh, mm-hmm. Matt Stone and Craig Parker.
0: Yeah. Excellent choice. Yeah.
2: It was great. And besides that, I'd probably have to think about it for a bit. It's been a while. Ever since YouTube came out, it fucking ruined it. Yeah. (laughs) What what I find interesting is the, the crossover, like conventions we play that are usually nostalgia slash video games, there's always a big horror aspect and i've always tried to figure out like how those worlds collide the way they do
0: i have a bit of a theory on that what oh i said i have a bit of a theory on that which basically Horror people are usually emblematic where they're trying to see like, look, this is normal. And so you have people who are rampant collectors and are very often like out and proud about the fact that they're into horror. And then as a nerd collector of comic books and various things throughout my life, those two worlds, it's one of those things where even if I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, I love that you're excited about it. And so I have, I have engaged many an anime fan about a One Piece and I have no idea what the fuck they're saying. And I think that that's that same kind of reciprocity where just like we're talking about horror and comedy where sure, the nouns are different, but the verbs are the same, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not to get too mad Libby on you, but... Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I feel you.
2: I think um, personally I think part of it also has to do with the fact that a lot of the stuff we do... Like is based around the '90s, yeah, and I feel like that was big for horror, the the tail end of the '80s slasher stuff. So.
0: Well, Absolutely, because then you had direct to video, or excuse me, because then you had the VHS market for those '80s movies. So I mean, it's it,
2: another thing too, because we had a booth one day that was next to, uh, I mean, he dropped because he's a wrestler, but it was next to Sid Vicious. Nice. So when you think about it, you you don't really feel like you wouldn't feel like. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. You wouldn't see Tom Brady at a convention. He's, <laughs> he's an athlete. You could see Sid Vicious. He's an athlete. But more so, wrestling is entertainment. Yep. So are so video games. So that's yeah. kind of, I think, where uh, it all comes down to like, why do the fandoms interact? It's all entertainment. Yeah, but that specifically, that's another one. Wrestling always goes with it, too. Yeah. yeah. So really good wrestling video games, gotta say. Yeah. Dude,
0: the wrestling video games are the best.
2: Yeah, they are. Like, revenge. Yeah, dude. No mercy, thank you. No mercy, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, as a WCW kid, I owe revenge. That's the game that made me fall in love with Chris Benoit before it wasn't cool to love Chris Benoit. Awkward, but. Oh, no, it's wicked cool. Yeah. That's one of the fucking ads that I get. It's for a
2: Cripple Crossface shirt. Oh Dude, my god! Dude, what can I say? <laughs> you killed it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you, you guys can appreciate this. You know, the WWF N64 games are just the N64's version of Power Stone without all of the pickups, right? <laughs> It's that isometric view. It's everything. And so when I found Power Stone, you know, I didn't find it when it was current. I'll admit to being a pose viewer. I found it years later in like a used game bin. But I played the fuck out of that on my Dreamcast because it's amazing. And I'm like, I shudder to think of how my cultural impact on the world would be if I didn't have half of my brain dedicated to obscure wrestling trivia that means nothing.
2: Oh, yeah. Same. It's pretty sad when I think about it, but whatever. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah I could not- have learned from books. What the fuck happened?
2: Yeah, like you've been rewatching a bunch of raw episodes recently. Mm-hmm. Gone from uh January ninety eight, I'm on uh I think September ninety nine right
0: now. <laughs> right on. You're gonna hit that uh, invasion angle real quick. Good luck.
2: Yeah. Oh dude. Have you listened to uh, any of the recent Jim Cornette stuff on this <laughs> podcast at all?
0: No, I've heard a lot of people being really upset about him and his wife and their sexual proclivities. So I kind of took a step back. What's uh, what's going on there?
2: He's just, he's good. He's funny. He's fun to hear. I, I mean, sometimes it's stuff is a little bit too like hokey and old, but he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. that Very uh, much. Wait. Oh, What's the hot goss on uh, him and his wife?
0: That they find ring rats and they try and seduce them into being in a three-way relationship and then they discard them when they're of no use and they don't do anything to further their career. Hey,
2: listen, (laughs) Chris Benoit was a saint.
0: (laughs) 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 This is the hill I'm going to die on, is that Chris Benoit was misunderstood.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was self-defense, guys. Oh. <laughs> Do you have any uh, projects in the works that you'd like to talk about?
2: we're We're always working. Um, ever since the uh, the pandemic, we just decided to make it a thing like we'll try to release a, a song every week with a music video. so we've we've been doing that. So essentially till the end of the year, we probably have what like, Eight more songs coming up, <laughs> and we're throwing them on Spotify. Probably gonna like compile all of them into an album or two. The the working title we're trying for was worth the 2020. Nice. Yeah, I feel like that has a good ring to it, or just ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> 2020. Awesome, right, guys. <laughs> Or albums are a complete waste of time it is a good
0: title. I like it. Unless it's a collector's item, right? So get yourself like a fancy glittery vinyl pressing and it'll work. For them. Ooh, true, huh? true. I, I like it. <laughs> well, you're, we, we, I had, uh, when Davey Calabrese was on, I was like, hey, EPs. They're the coolest. You should do EPs. And he's like, eh, but that's the way modern media is. Right? Like, do you right. ever sit down for a full record anymore? Well, no, I pick the top song on Spotify cause I'm driving and I shouldn't be looking at my goddamn phone anyway. And that's right. how I listen to music.
2: Right. I'm even like that. When you think about like, um, like when I was younger, if I got like a Nintendo game, I would play the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Just that game for tens of hours. But now with like an emulator, it's like, I'll tell you oh it's, yeah, all oh, this sucks. Next, yeah. next, next. Yeah. And it's like that with music, you know. Like people only have the attention span for so much because you have access to everything. Exactly.
0: Know? There is no filler because I don't have time for filler. It's not because this is a killer record from start to finish, right?
2: Yeah, I only have time for killer. Yeah. Funny, they had to convince me of that because so I was always really like headstrong about albums, and then they were like where it's going for stop putting out the singles on spotify and i was like i uh, don't like it but trust you guys let's do it let's see what's up do anything twice, us what i said oh yeah because i i'm sure i'm sure you do as well but i obsessively try to figure out algorithmic stuff <laughs> oh yeah just to get your stuff out there so
0: yeah it's, it's pathetic how much i've worked on like doing episode descriptions and now they're like a paragraph because i'm like this is an act of protest, because fuck you for not giving me the metadata I so rightfully deserved.
2: Dude, if you tell other people, people think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You press that, <laughs> and it just sends you like a C-. minus. <laughs>
0: yeah. They seriously think that you're talking about the fucking Matrix, when you're like, no, it's this and this and this, and they're like, no, but then they're, they're totally willing to talk about how their Alexa listens to them, and I'm like, that's fucking metadata, you idiot. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, like telling someone that the algorithm is crafting every single thing they do is a bit much to swallow. And you sound like a QAnon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the gay frogs and the metadata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. (laughs) (laughs) On both accounts. Well, guys, I've kept you for about as long as I said I would. I I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Hopefully, this sounds good. If it doesn't sound good, I will delete it and start all over again because this was a pleasure talking to you. Um, Hey, I'll
2: I'll, I'll talk anytime.
0: We'll put your details in the episode description. So do you guys want to just plug yourselves so that everybody knows where to find you?
2: Uh, Yeah, you can find us on every major streaming platform. Um, find us on YouTube Make sure to like and subscribe Bing bong boom <laughs> uh-huh. um, Usernames are usually just Lane Genie, Lane Genie BGM. You type it into anything You type in Lane Genie you're going to find it. Yeah you can find us on Instagram, Boomer Book, uh Kid <laughs> Talk TikTok, uh, TikTok You know all the standards oh, Wow that was always a boomer move yeah. Yeah. Boomers <laughs> Boomers everywhere <laughs>
0: as far as the eye can see
2: yes also we have a discord we have uh, a discord now we're, we're gonna tell you the link right now just kidding reach out to
0: yeah number <laughs> sign one three seven seven th- uh, yeah yeah <laughs> for something that's so intuitive if helpful it's also fucking annoying isn't it
2: dude we're like tech guys and i couldn't figure it out I couldn't figure out Discord. I still can't.
0: (laughs) People send me their username and I'm like, copy and paste. It should be that easy. And it's like, nah. And then I'm like, what? And then I type it and it works. I'm like, this sucks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But at least you kind of get around algorithmic stuff and you can directly talk to your fans and friends
0: you know exactly and that's one of the things it's hard because websites are so antiquated and hokey and people don't don't like want to go there people have a resistance to going to a landing page but then they complain when they don't get your content otherwise it's like what am i supposed to do you don't want spam emails you don't want me to send carrier pigeons with pictures of myself how am i supposed to reach you
2: see if i was a normal person i would say you sound like a psychopath (laughs) but i know what you're talking about (laughs)
0: So, for this psychopath and my friends, Lame Genie, this has been my segment interviewing them. Good day.
2: Thank you. See
0: you guys later. That was Lame Genie. Make sure to support them on every platform. If you go to lamegenie.bandcamp.com, it has links to all the other bullshit. Make your life easier. Or you could just do this thing. It's called Google. Don't know if you've heard of it. L A M E, space bar. G E N I E, enter bar. Boom. Done. So, Doug, that was an episode. What'd you think? Did you have fun?
1: Oh, I had tons of fun. Yeah, I'm about ready to go. Uh, you know, master base the turkey. Um, (laughs) when I can. So, I hope you guys all enjoyed and have a good, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. If, 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 uh, you know, you're having that there this airs later have a good crisp Kwanzaa uh, Hebrew uh, Hanukkah I was <laughs> uh, it's been a long day long day but uh, I've got them all lined up there but anyway guys thank you for listening and I hope you guys definitely catch some great movies there like I said Tubi and Amazon Prime there's a bunch of gems on there
0: if there's anything you think we should do or haven't done please let us know we'd love the idea of treating this podcast like a book club and giving you an excuse to introduce yourself and subject yourself to new media instead of hearing us describe the same movie you've already seen to you you reach out to us at slasherpod at gmail.com on virtually every single social media platform worth its weight and salt. And honestly, we're easy to find. Doug is at Doug Bizarro. I'm at Gacy Jones. And this has been an episode of Slasher Podcast. Goodbye and good die. Hello, you turd tickling tongue tied goons. It is Cyber Slash 1000 back with another hidden track. Well, unless you have a bucket of your dad's pee pee for brains, you probably figured out this week would be a track by Lame Genie. This is their cover of the Friday the 13th theme from the Nintendo. Fun fact, I lost my virginity to a Nintendo console back in college. Loosest slot I've ever played with. Anyway, enjoy. Oh, sorry, what am I thinking?